This morning, only our Woo. only our kinder and preschool children will be dismissed. We want the others to stay here because today's a special Sunday called Mission Sunday, and so kinder and preschool are now dismissed. Good morning and welcome to what we call Mission Sunday. We do this once a year. Today's theme is taking the whole gospel to the whole world. And our missions ministry has been working very hard on informing you as to what's going on here at Crosspoint as we take the whole gospel to the whole world. We're glad that you're here. Today's uh, going to be a little different if you're a first-time guest than what we normally do. Uh, but to get things started off, I'm going to ask Dave Durand to fill us in and tell us what missions has been up to. Dave, come on up. Good morning, church family. Uh, welcome to Mission Sunday. And uh, today I wanted to, before we start off, I wanted to read a scripture to you. In Romans 10, starting in verse 13, it says, um, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, God is the God of the Jews and of the Gentiles. He is your God whether you live in Mexico, whether you live in India, or whether you are living in Eastern Europe. But how can they call on his name if they have not heard of him yet? You know? So today, really, what we're going to hear about the great work that the mission ministry is doing. Uh, the mission ministry reaches out to other people, other cultures, other nations that normally would not get to hear the word of God had it not be for your effort and your support of the mission's ministry. So today, you're going to hear about how Christ is being exemplified throughout India through an organization called Buds of Christ. Today, you are, you are going to hear about an organization that provides and supports to God, for God's children uh, in Mexico through, some, through an organization called Reino de los Niños. And today, you will also hear about how the word is being spread in Eastern Europe through one of our very own, in part, thanks to your support to him. So at this time, I wanted to bring up my lovely wife, Joanne. Good morning, church family. I'm so happy to be standing here today with you to share about our new mission work in India. In June of this year, the pastors and elders unanimously decided to support Buds of Christ in Tiruchangod, India. The purpose of this organization is to empower children from the most disadvantaged communities, focusing on those affected by HIV and AIDS. Most of them are HIV positive and come to Buds of Christ through referrals by the local hospitals. Many of them have lost one or both parents to the disease and are living with extended family. You might be wondering how we came to choose this organization. Well, this past January, our brother Nachi Lazarus from Chennai, India, introduced us to Jay Paul a dear Christian friend of his. Over the next few months, the elders and pastors and I spent time in conversation with him, building a friendship in which we learned a lot from each other. From this time came a great respect and appreciation for him and for the work he was doing in India. 
When it came time to make plans for the future of missions work here at our church, after a lot of prayer and hours spent researching the organization to make sure that it aligned with our vision, the decision was easily made. I wish we could have had Jay Paul here today to speak to you directly, but we do have the next best thing. So in May, I attended a three-day seminar on orphan care called the Peace Plan, which was sponsored by Saddleback Church. And it was there that I began hearing about the um, home-based model for orphan care. I learned about the experiences that children have in a traditional orphanage and how it uh, really causes many trauma-induced issues. For example, their developmental growth is stunted physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In many cases, the, the children suffer physical and sexual abuse as well. This trauma affects the child long after they leave the orphanage, perhaps throughout their entire life. I was both deeply disturbed by this and once again deeply moved to be a part of the solution. As I began praying about future mission work for our church, I wanted to keep this information in the front of my mind. And the striking thing about the timing of all this was in realizing that Buds of Christ's model is to serve the children in their homes. I felt God's hand working powerfully to show us the way to help these children. The 20 children that you just viewed are now our kids. These are the children that we now sponsor. With our support, <clears throat> sorry, these kids receive a full spectrum of services offered by Buds of Christ, including a very active prayer and worship life and a commitment to serve them until they're 21 years old. Having been strengthened in their bodies, their minds, and their spirits, they're now empowered to live an independent life, free from the fate of so many Indian children who end up the victims of child marriage, sex trafficking, and child labor. The beautiful song you heard accompanying the slideshow is a lullaby sung in Tamil, the language of our kids. I thought this song was appropriate because many of these children no longer have mothers to sing them a lullaby. And while we may not be able to provide a mother's love for them, we certainly can provide a father's love, God's love, and the love of a family, God's family. Today I ask you not so much to reach into your pocket or your pocketbooks, although I'd like you to do that too, but to reach down into your heart where the Bible says your treasure is. And I hope it's there that you'll find Christ and that you can hear his words as he listed the miracles for John the Baptist that testify that he was the Messiah. We read in Matthew 11:2, the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. While we may not be able to travel to India, each one of us can still participate in a modern-day miracle of proclaiming Christ there. Our support is already changing the lives of 20 children, and I hope that this is just the beginning. Please join me today in supporting this very important work in a place that so desperately needs to hear the good news. In a few moments, Dave Doolittle will explain how you can help, and I want to thank all of you who have continued to support the Church's work in India, and I hope that we can witness many great things in the years to come. Please stop by our table out in the breezeway outside after church if you have any questions. We have a lot more information. And now the missions ministry is growing. A few months ago, I began praying for a ministry buddy, and God answered my prayers as he often does, and he went ab above and beyond, and he brought me two. You'll be hearing from Teresa Carrillo and Jonathan Zuniga as they share some good news of their own. Thank you.
Crosspoint family, I am so blessed to share some of the work that's going on at Reino de los Niños. Um, so my name is Teresa Carrillo, as Joanne mentioned. And um, I have a husband, Omar Carrillo, over there. And then you usually see me running around with two little boys. So those are my, my little guys. Um, so I wanted to share with you a little bit about Reino de los Niños. Reino de los Niños is an independent Christian orphanage in Baja, California. Um, they meet the physical and spiritual needs of children who often come from abandonment, abuse, and neglect. Their desire is to see these children become responsible adults that live on biblical principles and also who will have a positive impact on society. Um, oh, so it's up there. Great. So um, in the next slide, you're going to see a little bit of history. Um, I'm just going to go through it briefly. Uh, so Reino de los Niños actually opened in 1984. Unfortunately, it was not being run properly, and the government shut them down just five years later. At that time, God had been working in the hearts of uh, two people, Tomas and Maricela, who are now the directors, and they were given the opportunity to take over the orphanage and all the children that were there. Um, through lots of support, um, God's help, they celebrated 20 years of operation in 2009. So that was a huge blessing. Um, I did want to share some of the testimonies that were heard at the celebration, and I also wanted to share that as of today, or 2017, they've raised over 200 children in these past years. Um, so next, I want to talk about uh, Tony Carranza. He was actually one of the first child, uh, children to be placed in the orphanage in 1984, um, even before it was transferred over to Tomas and Maricela. He's now uh, a lawyer, um, and he's serving as a youth pastor in Ensenada and he after he graduated law school in Tijuana. So he had said, if it hadn't been for my papa Tomas and my mama Maricela, I wouldn't have um, the wife, the job, or the ministry that I have today. Um, I mean, just think about that. How awesome is that? He was one of the original. Um, I try not to cry, but I knew this was going to happen, so I brought my tissue. <laughs> so the next one is Natalia Gomez. Sorry. The reason why this testimony really touched me is because I just think about a 13-year-old girl on the streets of Tijuana. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys have been to Tijuana, but my husband and I went um, unrelated to this. We went and we were just mortified. Our hearts were broken to see the children in the street. Um, we, were, we, were, we were upset. When we left Tijuana, we said, we don't want to come back here. It's terrible. There's children begging on the streets. There's um, people who, oh, I don't know, who you, you can tell they're up to no good. It's just, just not a place that you'd want to be in. It's not a place that you'd want your children to be in. So the fact that Natalia, she was, she was taken right off the streets of Tijuana at age 13. And when she came back for the celebration, she told Tomas and Maricela, you believed me when nobody else did. I don't know the whole backstory of what happened to Natalia, but the fact that she came to Reino de los Niños and was able to get the love and support from that Christian um, directors and from that family, it's just life-changing. I cannot imagine where she would be today if she had not gone to Reino de los Niños. 
So through all the research that we've done, um, I just really loved how Reino de los Niños operates. All of us really love how they operate. They, they really provide a family environment. They live life together. They're intentional about creating a home for the children. Um, we talked about the trauma of the orphanage. Well, they, they pray together. They study the Bible. They do homework together. And one of the things that I found out that was amazing is they even vacation together. They take the time to raise money for the kids and to be able to spend a week away with them, either at a lake or nearby, and just living like a family does. And um, for the people that have been there, um, you know, you've seen that. They live like a family. So... Next, I just wanted to share a little bit of good news with you. Our church members have individually supported this orphanage, but I'm proud to announce that this week we received approval to support the orphanage as a church family. Because this was just approved, we're still working on the support plan, but we have a lot of ideas. Um, we're really excited about this. We do have an example of one of our church members who assisted by donating a silk screen machine and supplies this allowed them to train their youth in the trade and also to have a way to create some additional income. So now they're looking into possibly expanding this and will likely require additional supplies and support. And this could also be a way to help them become self-sustainable. Um, they have a beautiful facility, as you could see in, in the background picture above, um, but it is also an aging facility. So maybe there's opportunity to help them um, with a beautification project. Um, and as we identify opportunities to assist, I will report back and reach out for volunteers. But really, um, we need you guys um, in order for this to be successful. We need your resources, your time, and most importantly, we need your heart. Um, one thing that I thought about is any gift you give is going to be instantly multiplied. Think about this. One dollar here is 18 pesos in Mexico. That's a lot of buying power for the organization. So um, even if you can only give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, or if you're feeling very generous and can give more than that, think about how that's going to be used and multiplied, and it's going to be used to further God's kingdom, which is most important. Um, so I wanted to share with you a passage, Matthew 25, 35 to 40. I'm just going to share it really quickly. So... In this passage, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the righteous answered, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or naked, or in prison? And the king answered them and said, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. So any gift you guys give will be multiplied, will be used to glorify God and to serve him. So now I want to introduce my brother Jonathan, who will share about his recent missions experience and plans for ministry in the future. Thank you. What's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, guys? How you doing? There you go. All right. Some of you guys need some coffee right now. We got some coffee shop things going on over there. You guys might want to visit it. You know what I'm saying? All right. Um, so check this out, guys. Uh, I went on a mission trip late, um, like a month and a half ago, and it was about six and a half weeks. And I have now 
gathered up some thoughts on how do I present this to you guys, because I did a lot. I did a lot in my um, like six and a half weeks. So I'm going to start off real quick, just so I don't run out of time here. Um, I would participate in a baseball ministry and being part of like a, I was a coach and I was a mentor, whatever that might look like. Uh, even though there was language barriers, uh, I was able to participate in that with a lot of uh, a lot of the people that were already there um, doing this organization. So I did baseball ministry for about two weeks, and then I also got the opportunity to preach uh, on Sunday morning. I'm coming for your job, Bruce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then I also got to uh, do worship ministry, which was play the guitar in the morning and lead it. Uh, in the uh, international church. I also got the chance to be part of the Roma Youth Camp, uh, and that was by being a relationship builder. That was my title. Uh, and it was really just talking to them and making sure that uh, they knew that they were cared for and that they, uh, someone loved them. Uh, again, there was a language barrier because they knew two languages, and neither of them were English. And only, I only know two languages. I only know English and Spanish, and nobody speaks Spanish over there so, and, or English, so it, that, that was pretty hard. Uh, they all, we also took part of a construction in Slovakia of a church that is planned to be finished by the end of this year. So we started that. Um, and so that's all the things that I did. And it took about six and a half weeks to complete all of those because we traveled a lot. It was a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of car rides that were very uncomfortable because we had like so many people packed into a van and uh, you didn't really get to sleep as well. It was like a plane ride that lasted for the whole six and a half weeks. <laughs> Maybe you've ever been on a plane. It's just like you can't, you can't really sleep well unless you have that economy. You know what I'm saying? The economy extra with the three inches and more, you know? All right. When I say a bad joke, just laugh with me so I can feel like you're laughing with me. But you can laugh at me. That's okay. You know, I'm, I'm very cool with that. And so uh, let me tell you about something that happened in, in, uh, in Hungary. So I went to... I went to Hungary, Slovakia, and Austria, just to let you know. I went to three countries uh, trying to uh, do as best as I can to spread the word. And one of the times that I went to Slovakia was the Roma Youth Camp. In the Roma Youth Camp, I had like a week off, um, if you will, like a week off. And you guys might think, oh, you had a week off for vacation. It was nothing like that at all because I stayed at home that whole week. And I went through this, um, I, like to, I like to label it a spiritual, spiritual depression where I thought that God had left my side. Uh, I was reading the Bible, I was worshiping, I was, you know, doing whatever I could, praying, uh, t- trying to talk to the kids that were in the house, because I was staying at a, somebody's house, and nothing was, in, nothing was really saying that God was there for me, you know, or God was there with me, or whatever uh, the circumstances were. So then we took off to the Roman Youth Camp, which was again in Slovakia, and that took about four hours, and throughout the whole four hours, I was thinking, like, what the heck am I going to do, you know? Like, God's not here with me. I'm not useful, you know? I'm like, I have no role at the moment, you know? Like, well, what am I going to do, really? Well, how, how can I impact this, you know? And so then I got into my savior complex, you know? Like, you know what? I came from the Western world. I know the Bible. I got taught in a university with the Bible. And so, like, this mixture of emotions started to come through me, right? And then I go in there, and as soon as I walk into the... Roma Youth Camp, and they're all ready to start to uh, worship, I, I didn't feel good. I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm like worthless in this situation. What am I really going to do to these kids that are going to impact, that I'm going to impact some way or another? Um, and then God showed me very well that he, he doesn't need me at all. Like, he doesn't need any of us to complete his work. Um, because as soon as, he, as soon as the worship started, the kids, they raised their hands. They were on the ground. They were screaming, not screaming, but they were, like, you know, singing. Um, and they were, they were just worshiping. They, like, laid it all out on, right there in front of the altar. And that just that broke my heart because I'm thinking, like, man, God is present everywhere. Why, why did I think that 
God was not present where I was. You know, because I think of it as basketball, since we do upwards a lot, you know, we just, I want to throw basketball reference in there. You know, like, and basketball, sometimes you might not get the ball passed to you, but you still have to be conditioned. You still have to be ready to go whenever the ball gets tossed to you. So I figured, you know, in my, I put it in this way that I was just that guy that was playing defense at the moment. I was playing defense. I, was, I wasn't getting the ball tossed at me for that one week. But that one time that it came to me, the ball got tossed to me, it just broke me apart. And I understood that I'm not a leader. I'm not anybody special. I'm not a theologian or apologist or whatever you want to call that. I am foremost a follower of Christ. And from that moment on, I understood that wherever he tosses me is where I need to be present with him and all his authority that comes from heaven. And, and that in itself uh, tells you that um, don't think that you're a savior in any context because you follow Jesus first and he'll lead you wherever you need to be. And that, uh, that was something that broke my heart. And, and from then on, I, just, it was a, I was a completely different person. I came back a completely different person. So, um, yeah. Wonder to share that a little bit with you. I have more stories. I mean, I was there for six and a half weeks, right? So I have a lot of stories that I can share with you guys, especially about subways and how old men hit me with their canes. Um, that's a true story. So if you guys want to hear more stories like that, I'm going to be over here in the, what do you call it? The breezeway or the, you know, the heavenly pathway. Uh, just, just come by there and, and, I'll, and I'll just uh, share some more stories with you guys. Uh, but we do have plans for the future. I know that not a lot of people have the opportunity to be away for a week and a half, for a month and a half, a week and a half, this guy, I would say a month and a half, or maybe even a year. You might not have uh, the opportunity to do that, right? Because we have jobs, we have bills to pay, we have families. That's all right, you know? But I like to believe that there is no excuses when it comes to ministry, because you are a walk-in ministry. So our plan is to create um, local, local missions, we have international missions, but we want to add more because, like I said, we don't take a day off when we become Christians. We don't, we're not just Christians from 10.15 to about 11.35 on Sunday mornings. You know, we are Christians throughout our whole life. If we become believers, that's what we take on. And from then on, we have the responsibility to do as God tells us to do, right? And uh, Matthew 28 says that very well. So we want to create short-term missions, and that can be one day where we go out into the community and we clean somebody's front yard or we paint somebody's house, you know, or we can train and equip people with tools to go out on one-week mission trips. Maybe we can go on a reservation in Arizona and preach to the Native Americans. Uh, we can go even to Hungary. You know, now that I have that networking connection, they are always asking me, bring someone, take someone. We need people. We always need people. So we can go to Hungary for a week, you know, or whatever the case may be, it'll be through seasons where we can create short-term mission trips like this or just here locally. And like I said, there is no excuses. If you're small, we can give you a rag and you can clean some tables or we clean some fences, right? And if you think you're too old, I just want to remind you that in the construction site, there was ladies that were 88 years old in the construction site. Let me repeat that, construction site, 88 years old. And they were there to pray. Because the most important thing is prayer when you come to missions. They were there to pray over all the people that were doing construction. And they were over there just praying for the future of that church that was being constructed. So there's no way that you can say that you're too old or you're too young. And you don't need knowledge of the Bible to go out and preach. Um, you do need knowledge that Jesus is your Savior, of course. But you don't need an extensive apologetic title to you to go and do mission works. That's something that I understood, you know, I hardly used my education when I went to the mission field, FYI, so I don't even know why I'm going to school anymore, but uh, uh, kidding, stay in school, people, stay in school, all right, but yeah, that was uh, something, and I want to share a passage with you guys as, as well, and if you humor me for a little bit more, um, it's First Peter 2, 9, 
and this I'm going to end with this, and just letting you know. Uh, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And then 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thank you. Um, now, Brother David. Good morning. I'm going to give you four numbers today and kind of give you some uh, background on where we're at with uh, our status, where we're at with our current missions fund. As you know, we've had uh, for the past few years what we call the India Children's Fund, and um, we are going to kind of start phasing out that name. Now, phasing out the name doesn't mean we're not doing work in India. Obviously, we still are, and we want to do that for a long time. Um, we want to transition into a name that says Missions Fund because we want to be able to do missions in Mexico and who knows where else we may be led in the future. I'm very thankful today that we have people like Jonathan and Teresa and David and Joanne who are out there leading us in where to go with missions and investigating and, uh, and interviewing and finding out information about these places so that we can know if they're uh, a good place for us to invest in. And so we've seen the heart this morning, and, um, well, the heart is put into action by giving. And it may be like Jonathan said, picking up that rag, and I'm small, by the way, so I can do the rag thing, and, um, or maybe by giving some money. And so uh, I want to let you know that as of right this minute, in our India Children's Fund, we have $22,401. Now, that money was given over, over time, and as you know, we've been in transition for a while. So the, kind of, the water's kind of building up behind the dam, and, and now it's ready to be unleashed into, um, into doing some good things. As you know, the reason we, we, um, we take up funds for missions is not to build up a big bank account, but it's to get it out there and do some good. And so um, we are, we are seeing, you know, this is an emerging ministry that's happening right before us. We're transitioning from our history into our future. And uh, so we ha- it's good to know that we have some funds to get us there. I also want to let you know that in our, uh, what, we, what we've called the Orphanage Fund, which is primarily directed towards Mexico, and this all began with Mike Moran's birthday party a couple, three years ago, as you might recall. That fund currently has $2,090 in it. Uh, as a church, um, we are now sending out some of this money to Buds of Christ. We started small because we can start small and build our way up into wherever we get to. We're sending them currently $320 per month. Um, and our church, from our church budget, we're contributing $300 a month into our missions fund. So I gave you the four numbers already. You know what the balances of our India Children's Fund, you know what the balances of our Orphanage Fund for Mexico you know how much we're sending to Buds of Christ from those funds each month, and you know how much our church budget is, communi- is uh, contributing into that fund. Uh, so going forward now, I'm going to ask you to pull out a couple of things in the rack in front of you. The most important thing is this pledge card right here. You'll also find a missions envelope. You're used to in the past seeing a more of a tan-colored envelope that said India Children's Fund. Like I said, now it's going to say missions on it. Uh, but the pledge card is the more important thing for right now. 
What we're asking you to do is to consider how much you can give on a regular basis or as a one-time donation to the missions fund so, uh, so that our missions leaders can kind of know how much they have to work with going forward. Um, I filled out my card here, and there's actually several ways you can do this. I filled out my card, but then I went on to the Crosspoint app, and if it works, if I did it right, I actually got myself automatically giving every month through the app. And you can give using your credit card or through your bank account, either way. Uh, I'm now going to tear off this bottom portion of the card and put it in my pocket because that reminds me how much I'm giving every month. And I'm going to put this in the collection plate. It's going to go around in a little while during our last song to uh, get into the hands of our ministry leaders. This envelope is to be used like in the past when you ever you want to give a contribution, you can uh, put it inside this envelope. On the back side of the envelope, there's some words there that say you can you can designate your money to go to India for Buds of Christ or to Mexico for Reino de los Niños. There's also another, a third square box there for anything that might come up in the future, the, the, the unknown yet yeah, that's still out there. It could be a one-time project. It could be an ongoing thing. But right now we're working on India and Mexico. And um, so when you give your contribution also on the pledge card, you can designate that to be either India or Mexico. I didn't make any designation because I, I don't care. I don't need to know where it goes. I just wanted to go do some good out there. So if you have a mind for one or the other, you can select that. If not, leave a blank, and that's fine. So during our last uh, song this morning, we're going to have uh, the plates come around again, even while you're standing, and we're going to collect these cards and, and take them back to the missions ministry. So um, that's the news for, for now. We're in good shape uh, financially to do some good work, but we need more money to come in to keep that flowing, and it's going to be unleashed onto the world to do some good. And when the world doesn't need any more good done to it and everybody comes to know Christ, we can stop. But until then, we're going to keep on going. Bruce, wrap it up. And if you will indulge me just for a few more minutes, I just want to kind of wrap this all up by looking at Jesus. Look up here on the screen. Got a few more verses for you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, Jesus of Nazareth went around doing what? God. Wouldn't you want to be known as someone like that? What did they say? That Dave Duran guy, man, he just always goes around doing good. That, that Tony, that Omar, I know these, they just always go around doing good. Stephanie, she just goes around doing good. And what's the greatest good Jesus did? You say, well, he healed the sick, the, the blind could see, the, the lame could walk, uh, the dead were raised, all good things. But you know the greatest thing Jesus did? Is he brought salvation. There's one guy, his name was Zacchaeus, a little guy, climbed a tree just to see Jesus. He was an outcast. He was a tax collector, worked for the IRS. Nobody liked him. Jesus stops at the foot of the tree, looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. We're going to go have lunch at your house today. And at the end of that story, it says, today salvation has come to your house. The greatest good we can do as God's kids is to bring salvation.
to the life of another. This past week I attended, I guess, some sort of a workshop, maybe that's what you'd call it, at Pepperdine University. And the speaker that got up uh, was a preacher who left one place. He had grown this church, uh, I think it's somewhere in Nevada, but he was called to Orange County, to a church that had been at 2,900, but over the last 14 years of the life of that church, this was back in 2008, had dwindled down to about 1,800. They said, can you come and help us? We'd love for you to be our preacher. And the first thing he did when he got there, he said, I got all the leaders together. And he said, uh, I'm new here, but I've noticed in the foyer of the church building, uh, you got this saying, and I hope I'm paraphrasing it right, but the saying went something like this. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And so he just said, leaders, uh, could you explain to me what the main thing here is? <laughs> there was about 38 of their leaders that all had different answers. They were all over the place. One said this, another said the main thing is that. And he says, well, it's obvious. We don't really know what the main thing is. And you know, sometimes the church can be in existence so long that you're no longer looking at the main thing, seeking and saving that which is lost. And most of that ministry of that church that was in decline had turned inward. Missions is to keep us focused outward. Amen? That's the main thing, seeking, saving, that which is lost. That's why one of our mottos here you'll see on the screen at Crosspoint is we believe a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. So if we stay committed to what God is committed to, our church will be a great church. Our supreme example is Jesus Christ, of course. In Luke 19.10 it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Our supreme command that we often treat as the great suggestion, but it's really what? The great commission. Isn't that what Mark says? Go into all the world and preach the good news to who? All creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That's the mission. That's the main thing. Let's get out there in the world and our supreme worth of a soul. You know what one man's soul, what woman's soul, one child's soul, the human soul is so valuable to God. Mark puts it like this in Mark 8.36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Think about that. What if you gain the whole world? Someone offered you all the airlines, all the cruise lines, all the oceanfront property, all the stocks on Wall Street, all the diamonds in the diamond mines, all the gold, all the... You had it all at your fingertips, but lost your ever-living, never-dying soul. Would you exchange it? I wouldn't. But the value of one soul to Jesus Christ means so much. Now, there are two kinds of religion you might want to think of today. And you might want to ask yourself, what category do I fall in? Religion A or religion B? Religion A goes something like this. 
I am religious in name only. Oh yeah, I go to church, but it's in name only. I'm just kind of going there to, it's more of a fellowship group. It's more of a, mm, you know, just a good time going through the motions. But what I do on Sunday really doesn't spill over into Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or the rest of the week. It, It doesn't really overspill into my life. That's religion A. And there's a lot of people like that. Or is it religion B, being like Jesus, seeking and saving that which is lost? I'm going to close with one more verse. It's in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation, brand new. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And so the question I leave with you this morning, are you in Christ? Are you a child of God? Last week, um, Randy Shepherd came up and just did a tremendous job of sharing the good news, getting us pumped up, getting us excited. A lot of people made first-time commitments. Uh, some people rededicated their lives. Others said, you know, I'm going to get involved. Uh, some people said yes to Jesus, but you've never yet been baptized. The biblical way, I mean, in water, by immersion, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, you can do that today. Others, you know, said, you know, I made a commitment, but I've not made that known. We, Randy came up to me and said, man, about 40 hands went up last week. We were dedicating their lives to Christ. We, we kind of like to hear your story. We kind of like to hear how, how this week has transformed you in some way. So our prayer room is going to be open. Others are here saying, I, I need prayer. You know, I made that commitment last week, but I need some, I need, I need the will and the power to make that happen. Uh, Mike Moran is going to meet you in our prayer room in the back as we sing this invitation song here in a moment. And as David and Joanne have already mentioned, uh, if you want to feel compelled to, to give to our missions ministry, now's the time to do that. Some of you are saying, I have didn't bring my checkbook, and I kind of like that online app thing. Uh, you're not prepared. If you're prepared this morning, we're going to take up a collection as the last song is being sung. But others could go out to the portico area because they have a um, someone out there that can help you with that. So, why don't we pray and then ask God's blessing. Then we'll sing and then we'll meet the missions team out in the back. Father, we are thankful for the good work that is taking place both foreign and domestically. Thank you that we at Cross Point Christian Church get to play a role in that which you are doing. May what we claim to believe on the inside spill over into our daily lives on the outside. And Father, if there be anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, may today be their day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.